Welcome to the PreparedX podcast, your complete source for crisis, emergency, business continuity and security preparedness interviews, news, and much more. Now, your host, he creates chaos for a living, Rob Burton. Hello, and welcome to episode 111 of the PreparedX podcast. I'm your host, Rob Burton. And just before we get started, I'd like to let you know about this episode, and uh, it's being brought to you by First Look. First Look is a customized crisis simulation exercise service by PreparedX. We design it, you deliver it. See more details at preparedx.com slash first look. Today, I'm joined by Lester C.A. Cheng. I hope I pronounced that somewhat accurately, Lester, um, um, who's an advisor at the Financial Crimes Unit for Exercises at BMO Financial. Welcome, Lester. Hi, thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me here. Absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you. And just before we get started, for our listeners, uh, Lester, um, could you let them know a little bit about your career so far, please? Sure, Rob. So I I have uh, largely been, I only have three jobs in my life thus far, so which is uh, easy to summarize, but uh, complex in itself. So my, the largest part of my career was a uh, was a naval officer in the Republic of Singapore Navy. So that's where I spent the bulk of my uh, career, and yeah, really gave me a good foundation uh, in exercises, which we're gonna dive into deeply yep. today. And so that's where I started off uh, on the ships running operations, and I think it. Uh, sort of came to hit when I, I ran the Naval War Gaming and Simulation Center. So it was multiple exercises day in, day out, uh, focusing a lot uh, solely on warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was my special specialization area in the Navy. So thereafter, when I left the Navy, I moved from Singapore to Canada and I, I got into uh, exercising, but in this time, more in the realm of uh, crisis management, covering cybersecurity for physical security. So sure. I think that's that's the I guess contemporary scenarios that we have now and the the topic at hand, uh, which yeah, we will dive more into that. Actually. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Well, we'd like to kick off with that. Um, and, you know, again, uh, you know, your experience, uh, both from the Navy and, and uh, obviously the corporate work that you, you know, you've done and you're doing now uh, is really important. So I'd like to start off right you know, by, you know, contextualizing it in terms of your uh, perspective. So, um, you know, in terms of those exercises, why are they critical um, for both governments as well as businesses? Yeah, so I wanted to provide a sort of a left left view, not so common opinion about that. So what, what, what I propose is, I think over the last 10 years, especially, uh, I think the world has almost been in a lull where we have been so comfortable with um, whether it's a traditional peace and stability. I mean, the, the world has been fairly peaceful over the last, just, just, just look at the ten year, last 10 years. It's been fairly peaceful. Um, economic growth has been uh, off the charts, right? The last 10 years. And we didn't really have uh, major health issues. All that changed within three years. Yeah, all of and, it, you're right. Yeah, it's just oh, a lot yeah. changed. Yeah, a lot. Correct. So, and, and and why is that important? So I think we were in a state of, like I mentioned, a low state. Everyone was happy. It was fairly stable. Uh, and we got a bit complacent. 
Um, not everyone, obviously, but most of the people got complacent because everything was going well. And, and therefore, I think the last three years were really a shocker to um, both the individual as well as uh, enterprises and obviously governments. Uh, and, and therefore, exercises... Um, yeah, I think it's coming, becoming more and more important because of what has happened over the last three years. Um, and with it, those are things that we're still going to go, continue to go through. And I don't know, people tend to be forgetful. In the next 10-year cycle, we will forget all about it again and we will start getting into our comfortable position. Um, but that's when I think exercises bring to the forefront the uh, what has happened before, how we can, how we dealt with it, mm-hmm. how are we going to deal with it, and how, how how can we best prepare for um, whatever may happen, or at least what happened the last few years. Yeah, sure. So, so we, we, you know, we, we think we'll get into it as well. Those lessons to be learned, mm-hmm. and uh, and and I think there's this tendency. It's a natural tendency. Okay, the crisis has you know died down. It's you know it's going away. Um, okay, we can breathe again and carry on with our normal lives. But you know, really, we have to take um, heed of those issues that came up and, and really make sure that we don't uh, you know identify those issues again if they come full circle. Which again, we'll talk about it some more here. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, so typically, when you start out designing your exercise and when, when you're tasked to to create them, um, where do you typically start? I normally start at uh, getting a good assessment of where the maturity of the team right. and pro- processes are. Because if you, you look at a normal, um, I guess, progression of a team, you have your formation, storming, norming, performing. There is no point giving the most uh, a complicated scenario to a brand new team that is fairly new. No idea what they are, not no idea. Everyone has an idea what they're supposed to do, but not comfortable with what they're supposed to do yet. Haven't had the experience of collaboration and strong working relationships. So they're gonna they're gonna fail at the first instance of a difficult scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and therefore understanding how mature an organization is how mature the um if you have the opportunity how mature right down to the specific teams at hand how 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 long have these people been doing their jobs are they comfortable with the tools that they're using or it's a brand new tool so i think uh, right off the bat getting a good assessment of um where they are at in their maturity plan mm-hmm. um level of comfort and even just un- if do they even understand what exercises are about? Because even that takes a bit of education to uh, help prep the stage before they are ready for an exercise. It's a bit counterintuitive because exercises should replicate a real-world incident. And right. in theory, everyone should be ready to handle a real-world incident, in theory. But uh, we all know that that's not the case, which is fine. So that it, it does take a, a little a little bit of prep work um, for people to even understand exercises, what's some of the expectations. So I think the first thing is to just get a good assessment of, of level of maturity. 
Yeah, we we love that approach. Um, I, I really like that. Um, you know, it's you know, the, just just uh, understanding what your roles and responsibilities are. You know, uh, before you jump into the exercise, of course, new team members come and go, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, but uh, you know, getting getting those up to speed, and you know, we often hear the you know the the the, um, the proverbial you know plan has been provided to the team, and you know we expect them to read through it, and and the reality <laughs> is that that, that may not be the case, but uh, obviously. Most some more advanced teams as they start to get rolling um, with exercises uh, used to the process and of course maybe have even been through a number of uh, events themselves um, I'd like to talk to you now um, Lester about exercise objectives and uh, mm-hmm. you know putting those together how important is that in the early stages of the exercise design process I think it's 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 one of the key steps of having a successful exercise because it sort of provides you the scope of how deep, how wide that your exercise can go, because there's a whole range of uh, types of exercises that you can conduct. Um, yes, it, it will eventually be tagged or constrained by cost or time, um, but I think it should be constrained by objectives because if the objectives is important enough, then the time and cost can be a bit flexible, right? Because there's a end goal that uh, the exercise wants to meet. Uh, the objective that we want to meet. So I think clarifying the objectives uh, are, are very, very important. Um, and I think in order to do that, there needs to be clarity of uh, who are some of the either the stick, key stakeholders or, or owners of this exercise, this program, because um, they would need to help you drive that the, the objectives because um, I think most of the times as, as exercise professionals, um, our objective is to run an exercise, but it's not the same as the participants' objective. Right. They have, they have um, like it or not, maybe not all the case, they may have a hidden agenda behind it, right? right. Whether it's a regulatory response, whether it is um, something that makes them sleep better at night, Whatever the case, we, we we need to help tease that out and uh, yeah, help help define their objectives so that um, they are able to help convince the rest of the stakeholders that this is a worthwhile uh, endeavor to 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 take, um, yep. and also helps engagement uh, along the exercise. Yeah, for sure. I love I love that. I, I really I really enjoyed your comment there about mm-hmm. uh, the hidden agenda. Um, some, sometimes we'll find that um, that there is a stakeholder group that's got you know one agenda, and there's another stakeholder group that's got another agenda in the exercise. And that's very interesting mm-hmm. to watch that play out from a strategic standpoint. Yeah, and it, it's it's fine because everyone has everyone has their own objectives. Everyone has their own anger, right? which which is perfectly fine. I think just um, help to tease that out, help, help to put that on the table, especially it, it's more useful if you're a third party, neutral party, um, where you don't get in the firing line, right? right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's always an yeah. easier anger to come from. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we we, we you know from a you know, from a higher level strategic standpoint, you, you have those you know common objectives that you want to try and accomplish as a designer. Um, you know, b- based on the scope and your discussions with leadership, and then as you get more tactical, right? You know, you get down to the lower mm-hmm. levels uh, or you know levels of stakeholders where you want to try and cut, you know figure out what uh, what we want to accomplish. So, um, but uh, you know, o- often coordination is uh, is is a challenge, especially if you've got obviously a large um, constituent. 
constituent, uh, large group of constituents. Um, how do you start putting, moving on? So we, we've got the objectives, you know, we've, we've figured out when we're going to do the exercise. We're, we're doing some logistics around how, how we're going to accomplish that. So some of the background work that we put in here, but uh, how do you start to piece together uh, those scenarios, the storylines that we create to make sure that uh, we've got engagements? What What's your process for that, Lester? So I think the easiest one would to leverage if if you're depending on the company if your company has a well established uh, risk management uh, framework and process uh, then the risk management teams are already on top of that right they would know what's the top risk to your company mm-hmm. um, they would know what's the um, yeah what's what's the top concerns uh, internally externally so this easy answer would be. Just go engage risks. They will tell you what's the top of their concerns. In doing so, you help kill a few birds with one stone because you help risks demonstrate that their assessment activity is then coming full circle to being exercised and uh, yeah, put into practice. Because I think risk um, always feels that... uh, a lot of their work is very theoretical, and yes, yep. bulk of it, bulk of it will be. Yep. Um, and and I think that's where the, the sort of, I don't know, crossover or merging of like operational resiliency of how you're gonna how do you operationalize the risk mitigation uh, methods or tools, uh, and that's where I think exercises play a yeah, important role of taking what risk has assessed theoretically. Mm-hmm. And now, how does it play out uh, and impact your company and how you're going to deal and recover from that uh, quickly? So risk would have those top of mind. If they don't, then I, I think there are a few ways to, to go about looking and selecting what scenarios uh, that you should use. Um, attacks, incidences are happening daily. Um, you don't have to be too cute about Right. Developing a scenario. Right. Just, yes. just yeah, use. Yeah. yeah. Just use. Sure. If, if you can't even answer what happened to company X uh, last week, then let's not try to answer the the yeah. uh, dooms, yeah. doomsday scenario yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really like that. Uh, you know, I think we had a saying in the in the army back in uh, the UK: <laughs> keep, keep it simple, stupid. Um, yeah. uh, and again, you know, of course, uh, there there are complex challenges, even with a simple scenario. Once once you bring the stakeholders to the table, um, and you know, it's important that the right stakeholders are at the table. I'm sure, um, you know, when you do exercises in your current role, that uh, you find that if you, if you're missing a stakeholder, sometimes that can you know be a problem. For the exercise what's your experience with that yeah i think it's uh it's 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 going to be the same in a real incident as well you're not gonna you're not gonna hit have the perfect team right yeah Yeah. (laughs) you're not gonna have the you're not gonna have all the correct uh subject matter experts on the first call second call maybe even third call right yeah as as the as the details of a real incident starts to come to come to light then more people get pulled in because it's the, the the problem grows. The problem seldom shrinks in the first twenty four hours. It always grows. Yeah. So, um, but coming back to exercises, I think as a exercise designer and facilitator, I think one of the important things is to um, 
as best as you can understand the entire flow of the exercise. Where do you want to? Where do you want to um, help facilitate the the gameplay to, so that you would um, yeah be able to identify some of the difficult questions that are going to come out. Right. Who who are the SMEs that are going to be needed on the table to answer it? Uh, and and that's where. That would be, I guess, the best use of everyone's time and and um, resources. Where, as a designer, you foresaw how the entire play would go out, and mm-hmm. you you knew that they would need, for example, a, a database expert um, further down the line. Maybe not in the first scenario, maybe three injects down the line. Um, and, and to be able to do that and incorporate them in the exercise, uh, yeah, shows. Uh, a well thought out design, um, uh, and also consideration for everyone's time and 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 yeah, time and effort placed into it because we don't want to um, walk up to an exercise and pause at the second hurdle where it's like yeah, we don't have Johnny here. Johnny's the one to be able to answer this, and everyone uh, it, it it sort of takes the shine away from the exercise because. If you assume too many things within mm-hmm. the scenario play and discussion, people start to drop the value of the exercise yes. because it just seems to be, yeah, we're just spinning things up, whatever, as, as we go on now because we assume that this guy's not here. Yeah, let's assume that this is whatever proposal that we are talking about to mitigate a problem can be done. Whereas yep. if, if Johnny was on the call, you'd like, that was the dumbest idea ever. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen that way. So it's, yeah, I mean, we, we, we do our best to identify uh, the key teams needed so that, um, yeah, it's, it's as firstly as real as possible who you need at the table. Um, secondly, we want to, uh, yeah, we just make best use of the time um, where everyone everyone's busy. So we want to make sure that uh, the, 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 the best conversations take place uh, during the exercises. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, um, so uh, you, we've been talking about scenarios there and, and how mm-hmm. to set them up. Um, what are you currently seeing in terms of the types of? You do a lot of work in the cyberspace, of course. And I know uh, you know exercises go beyond the cybersphere, but um, you know, but what kind of scenarios are you seeing that uh, you know you know might be popular right now, but of course you know are different from one organization to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think. I think most people kind of way, kind of run away from uh, cyber, cyber, cyber incidents, cyber threats, cyber risks. So I think the the few ones that everyone is going to be concerned with, I think ransomware is a simple one that um, it's good because it is it's become so mainstream that you don't have to explain what ransomware is right so that people people can focus on people know that it's a problem so that people can then focus on okay how, how are we going to deal with it how are we going to recover from it right so it it does help uh move the exercise along a bit quicker uh, i think the the others are things like uh data breach uh, if if your your company deals with a lot of information sensitive mm-hmm. information uh, i think data breach is also something that uh, we can't run away from especially with uh, highly uh, regulated uh, sure. uh, environments that uh, most of north america is uh, operating under um and then the, the the emerging one i think uh, as more companies move their their business to the cloud i think cloud security uh, scenarios are also uh, important ones 
And I think moving away from cyber, um, over the last two years, especially, I think the supply chain issues uh, scenarios are also has been uh, yeah brought brought to the spotlight because everyone saw that happening uh, post COVID or at least mm-hmm. during COVID, uh, and I think people have um, put a bit more attention into that, and I, I think most companies have started to. Um, not only understand the problem, but have already started shifting some of the operations to to prevent uh, future disruptions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that makes uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and even within the the, the realm of uh, those uh, supply chain issues, you know, that could be cyber related, right? So, you know, um, as, as it's linked to um, you know these complex networks, as the supply chain it seems to be on a on a thin uh, on a thin edge mm-hmm. all the time. So. Um, so moving on to the next stage, then we've set the exercise up, we've gone through mm-hmm. the objectives, we've got the stakeholders in the room or virtual, however it may be, um, you know, is how important is the validation of the exercise? Uh, and how do you go about accomplishing that in, in, uh, in your exercises? Yeah, so I think this, this is almost the where the rubber meets, meets the road, right? This is almost the most important part of, yeah. of, of the entire process because sure. everyone everyone knows what exercises are, I think. Uh, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of the, at least the key leadership have, would have been involved in an exercise. Um, but I think the, the, the difficulty here is to, okay, how do you then demonstrate um, that value has been added Mm-hmm. Uh, how lessons have been learned. So I think that there are a few ways to do it. One is uh, understanding the, uh, firstly, identifying what needs to be improved, having a, a robust tracking remediation plan um, thereafter. I think it's the easiest way to demonstrate that this exercise found or identified five items. These five items have been put in a tracking system with identified owners. These are the remediation plans that they have identified and, and are working on, whatever the status of that is. Some are easy fixes, some are multi-year right. project, multi-year projects on its own. Um, but yeah, just demonstrating of how um, the items found during an exercise translates to a robust tracking uh, mechanism. Uh, I think that in itself already paints a sort of success story. Um, the the other ways to do it is uh, if depend again depending how much uh, how embedded the exercise team is with, within the company, uh, understanding the level of maturity, um, helping the teams. Uh, track and progress that maturity, whether it's in processes, playbooks, documentations, uh, capabilities of individuals, uh, understanding of how they use the tools. Um, I think all those are are more ways to show, at the end of the day, it's to show how ready is a team, how ready are they to handle an incident or a crisis. Yeah. So, as long as the mechanic, the means to that end, and we we have, we are clear with the end at uh, at the end of showing uh, readiness, mm-hmm. increased preparedness, then um, yeah, there are multiple ways to do that. But it uh, it all leads to the same end goal: showing that everyone 
through the exercises are better prepared than before. And I think that's the that's the bottom line. For me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That makes uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That remediation plan and and you know the success of that remediation plan is really everything. So I I, mm-hmm. I, I concur with your your comments there, uh, Lester. So I appreciate that. Okay. So this is this has been fantastic. We could talk all day um, about mm-hmm. our passion uh, of exercises and uh, uh, but I would like to kind of r- wrap up here with some stories because of course you know pre- preparing for uh, disasters and crises and even you know smaller incidents um, you know it's story telling right in in our world uh, of preparing mm-hmm. for exercises so um do, do you have um, a story from you know uh, your exercise career so far be it from the um you know singapore um your <laughs> you know naval career or even uh, you know in more recent times a fun one maybe uh maybe one that um maybe wasn't so much fun so and you can go in any any order lester it's up to you yeah so maybe i'll just tell one story that has both Oh, good, good and bad. Yeah. Good and bad outcome. Yeah. Okay. So, so this this was when I was in the navy. Um, we one of my sister ships were preparing for, I guess, the most important exercise uh, in our naval calendar. Um, but they had failed their inspections, like I think two or three inspections uh, leading up to the exercise because you need, um, the boss needs to know that the ship is ready uh, in, yeah. all aspect, in all aspects before he's, he's comfortable in letting them uh, proceed with the exercise. Mm-hmm. So they have failed their, their inspections like I think two or three times. So I was attached to the ship um, to, I guess, help prepare them as well as to I ended up sailing with them as well uh, for the for the exercise. So, and the first time when I when I went out with them, I, I I quickly realized why they are not performing. And after so we had the debrief after that that first session. I was like, guys, did did anyone tell you or explain clearly what the objectives of this entire exercise are? Uh, this en- entire exercise, what are the objectives? <laughs> They're like, nope, we're just here. Someone tells me to do this and we'll do it. We we didn't really, I mean, yes, they understood the end of, they understood what success means, but they didn't understand what the greater objectives are for the exercise. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we, we, we took the time to explain, okay, they're, they're really, uh, whether it's underlying or, or really important reasons why we are spending so much time and resources in running a successful exercise. And yeah, I, I don't know, maybe something something clicked, something clicked uh, during that debrief. And yeah, but but it made me realize that, yeah, so I think the, the jump to the end of the story, yeah, we, we managed to, to sort of proceed with the exercise uh, with, with um, yeah, I mean, with, with no, no issues at the end. But it made me realize that um, having... Yeah, just just be clear about some of the objectives. Uh, people, uh, people need people appreciate knowing what the end goal is. People appreciate what is the larger objective that um, whether sure. it's your company, your company, yep. your immediate team, your boss, your boss's boss. They appreciate understanding where what they are trying to achieve. Uh, yep. Appreciate to understand where they are as part of that entire goal um, and therefore that with with the understanding it helps uh, in, in performance so 
tying it back to exercises, I think if we are clear with our objectives, it will help drive uh, whether it's an engagement, whether it's motivation to participate. Uh, and, and yeah, this buy-in buy in from participants to um, hopefully enjoy the exercise and gain the, the, the most they can out of it. Great. Well, I pre appreciate you sharing the story. And um, I think uh, we've probably all, all had those lessons uh, over the years. And, uh, um, you know, we, we found that creating these short videos and, and distributing them to the players, um, obviously not giving away the scenario, but, you know, making them aware of what, uh, you know, what, what to expect in general terms and prepare themselves for the exercise. So, so you want to be as successful as you can. I like the no notice exercises as well, right? So <laughs> once you get the team to that level, um, so yeah. that's obviously, you know, practicing, um, you know, much more real but uh, we've got to get to that stage uh, in terms of preparedness. So this has been fantastic, Lester. Uh, I, I appreciate your time. Uh, wonderful episode today. Uh, if uh, the, our listeners want to get a hold of you, um, how can they do that? I know you're popular on LinkedIn, and, and that's one of your uh, primary uh, areas to contact you. And uh, any final comments? No, I think, again, congrats for this podcast. I heard you guys are like, Top four for crisis management yeah. uh, podcast. Yeah, so yeah. I think thank thank you for all the great work. Uh, I, especially for for me when I started uh, on this, I guess move transition out of the military in, into the corporate world of uh, tabletop exercises. I think you, Rob, uh, one of the, the the resources I've always uh, leaned on, and the thank amount you. of con content and quality that you put out there. Yeah, I I, I, I truly appreciate it. So thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks. And uh, LinkedIn, they, uh, folks can get a hold of you? Yep, that's right. So I think that's that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Okay, great. And we'll add the um, the link to your profile in the show notes, uh, just in case folks uh, want to connect with you there. Um, of course, they can search for you as well. But uh, again, great episode today. Thank you uh, again, Lester. And we look forward to speaking to you again soon. All right. Thank you, Rob. Yeah. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye.